It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We finally got a glimpse of what we think the starters will look like at Auburn. That could only mean one thing. Football is right around the corner here on the plane. Well, Zach, I, I actually just finished crushing some chicken farm, and I am, I am freaking ready to rock and roll. You are Locked On Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host, Zach Blackerby, and thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. I have no idea what this is going to sound like or look like. A lot of technical difficulties as we are traveling today, but hopefully we will be good to go, and this is a product that everyone can enjoy. Hey, Thursday was a big day in the 20-minute viewing window that the media got, and I think it's a big deal because we've talked about this rotation, right? Well, Thursday, we were finally given the picture that we kind of all expected, barring a few surprises, a few tweaks, but nothing major. But this is what we expected for most of the summer, and I think that makes sense as we are getting into that first scrimmage this competition at all of these positions. Quarterback's the biggest one, but there's competition happening all over this team. It's heating up a little bit. You give people, you know, five, six, seven practices to get their feet up under them. But tomorrow, Saturday in the first scrimmage, it's showtime. And later in the show, we will touch on the position battles to watch. But the big things from Thursday's practice is we really got to see Zach Calzada with the starting offense. We saw TJ Finley earlier this week pretty much get snaps exclusively there. We saw Robbie Ashford, um, the the practice after that. And now we're getting to see Zach Calzada. And we got to see Zach Calzada a little bit in some of the pace stuff early. Um, I think actually in the first window, but he was rotating in with TJ. So here's what the first team offense looked like. Zach Calzada at running back, it was Tank Bigsby and Jarquez Hunter switching out. The wide receivers were Tarvarish Dawson, Malcolm Johnson Jr., and Shedrick Jackson. At tight end, it was John Samuel Shanker. That surprises no one. And then from left to right, Killian Zaire, Brandon Council at left guard, Nick Brahms at center, Cam Stutz at right guard, and Austin Trotzel at right tackle. Now, all summer, we didn't really know what the wide receiver position would look like, but throughout fall camp, those have been the big three that we've seen consistently with the ones Malcolm Johnson, Shedrick Jackson, Tarvarsh Dawson. And so I, I think that means something. We will see if Coy Moore and Camden Brown can play themselves into that, but that, that hasn't happened yet. But in regards to Zach Calzada and the fact that even the running backs, they were rotating Tank and Jarquez out, because in my mind, both of those guys are starters. I understand Tank Bigsby is the guy, but Jarquez is such a big part of this offense. And then from left to right, with the exception – of right guard, this is what we predicted for most of the summer. Cam Stutz, look, we've heard nothing but good things about Cam Stutz for months. It's awesome that we're finally seeing it. But we also uh, we also saw you know Will Friend talk about how um, Keandre Jones got banged up a little bit, and so he should be back in practice soon, which happens all the time, right? That happens all the time with offensive linemen. And so it's kind of good. They're going to stim- uh, stimulate a little bit, simulate a little bit of this um, early in fall camp. So I absolutely 
Love that. I do expect, though, the wide receiver position to shake up a little bit. I do think Coy Moore and I do think Camden Brown will essentially be wide uh, wide receiver four, wide receiver five in this offense at the worst. I think there is a chance that both of those guys could pass Malcolm Johnson Jr. in this offense. I think there's a chance that they could pass Garbage Dawson Jr. in this offense. We'll have to see. And I think there's a good chance that five of these guys will have a role, which is probably the best thing for the team and the best thing for uh, picking up wins this season. Uh, the second team offense, I don't think anything crazy here. TJ Finley, running backs for Sean Jackson, Damari Austin, Coy Moore, Camden Brown, Javaris Johnson are the receivers, which all three of those guys have a chance to contribute this year. I don't think there's any question about it. The second tight end was Tyler Fromm. And then the second offensive line from left to right, Brendan Coffey at tackle, Jaleel Irvin at left guard, Tate Johnson at center, right guard, Alec Jackson, and right tackle, Colby Smith. Nothing crazy there. The starting defense also, for the first time, really kind of solidified what we think it's going to be. And this is when they put two edges on the field, and I'll get to that in a second. But the two edges were Derek Hall and Ekuliota. The two defensive tackles, Colby Wooden and Marcus Harris. And linebacker Owen Papo and Cam Riley, which it seems like Cam Riley has solidified himself as the number two linebacker next to Owen. It's still early in fall camp, but I kind of feel like that's how it's going to go the rest of the way. The two corners, Nehemiah Pritchett and Jalen Simpson. I don't think that's a surprise there. At Nickel, Donovan Kaufman, and then the two safeties, Zion Puckett and Caden Bridges. So a few notes there. I think the third cornerback, which is DJ James, I think that is interesting. The third and fourth quarter, when you look at the second team defense, were DJ James and A.D. Diamond. And then the next nickel back was J.D. Ryan, which once again makes sense. We've heard nothing but good things about those guys so far in fall camp. But the alignment that they have here, um, I think in a base situation, when you don't have two edge defenders on the field, I think it's going to look a little bit different. I don't know if Marcus Harris is on the field in those scenarios. I think you'll have Derek Hall at edge. I think you will have Colby Wooden on the field. And I think you will have uh, Jason Jones as a starter. And you certainly could have Marcus Harris there as well. But I think Jason Jones is going to be a pseudo starter on this team. It's just going to depend. Much like Tony Fair last year. Third and eight, you don't want Tony Fair on the field. You may not want Jason Jones. I do think he's going to be a better pass rusher. But you want Marcus Harris on the field next to Colby Wooden and two edge guys, and all of a sudden, like, that's a really strong pass rush. You may not have to blitz anybody, which obviously helps you in coverage time and time and time again. That's what made the Kevin Steele defenses so good when they had Derrick Brown or Marlon Davidson or uh, Carl Lawson. And so a lot to like about all of that. Look, I, I think this defense is going to be really, really good, and I think it's deep. I mean, all of these guys that we mentioned, you know, Wesley Steiner there as well, Jeffrey Emba. Dylan Brooks, Marcus Bragg apparently seems to be the edge after Dylan Brooks, meaning he hopped Joko Willis, which we kind of speculated, you know, that was going to be an interesting battle if you're interested in the fourth slash fifth edge uh, on this depth chart when he committed from Western Kentucky. And it seems like he's winning that. Physically, it makes more sense. Joko is the smallest guy in that room right now. And they may just be working on developing him, which they have time. Joko Willis has time as an Auburn Tiger. So a lot to like about that. We've got a scrimmage coming up. 
And there's three storylines I'm watching going into this thing, and I'll tell you what those are in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online is the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. The Locked On National Twitter account put up Heisman odds yesterday. And of course, Bryce Young's up there, CJ Stroud's up there, but a sneaky one, a sneaky one. And Auburn doesn't play him this year, thankfully. Hendon Hooker, the Tennessee quarterback, odds for Heisman, you can get him at plus 5,000 right now. I think that's juicy. I think that offense is going to be very, very explosive. And I picked Tennessee to win the SEC East. So maybe I'm just obnoxiously high on Tennessee and obnoxiously high on Hendon Hooker, but I don't know. So, but I went over to bet online and, and I made a deposit. I actually had already money in there, but I, I put some money on Hendon Hooker. So you should too. Just check it all out. Bet online. It's where the game starts. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Obviously, when you look at the scrimmage, there are a ton of battles happening. The biggest one, obviously, quarterback. Zach Calzada, TJ Finley, Robbie Ashford. But after this, I think the rotation drops from three to two. I don't think he's going to say it when he talks to the media afterwards late Saturday night. I don't know if we'll really see it in regards to what, you know, these open viewing windows look like next week. But I'm predicting that it's down to Zach Calzada and TJ Finley. And we see a more... I think we see a more substantial role from Zach Calzada moving forward. I think all of this has to do with TJ Finley was the starting quarterback when you left spring and went into A-Day and wrapped everything up with a bow there. He had to be the starter going into fall camp. And he was. And I think he, he had every opportunity to win the job in spring. I think he had every opportunity to win the job in fall. But I'm hearing things that there's been inconsistencies from all of the quarterbacks. And look, if Brian Harson trots TJ Finley out there, he can't be inconsistent or the fan base will freak out. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, the coaching staff doesn't care about the fan base. They just care about winning. Yes, that is true. But this is a very unique situation based on what happened earlier this year in February. So I, I do think perception matters. And if you go out there, and trot T.J. Finley out, you've got to nail it. And so T.J. Finley's path to doing that starts tomorrow at the scrimmage. There's a lot of talk about, you know, when the lights come on, can T.J. Finley bring it? I think he has the skill set. I think he has the raw ability. He's massive. He's got a good arm. It's just, can things slow down enough and him take advantage of it? I think that's the biggest thing. And we will learn more about that, hopefully, tomorrow in Auburn's scrimmage. But we'll have to wait and see what reports say. I think Zach Calzada will impress folks. I think Zach Calzada has won a lot of the team over just based on what players are posting on social media. It seems like a lot of folks see them, see him as, as the guy. Robbie Ashford, the structure of the scrimmage will matter as far as what he is able to do as far as making a case for himself. Most scrimmage situations hurt mobile quarterbacks. We saw this with Nick Marshall. Um, 
I, I guess to an extent we saw this with D Davis, but the whole, um, you know, that they, they don't want people hitting the quarterback, right? I mean, that is self-explanatory. And so when he extends the play and gets out of the pocket, if anybody gets close to him, traditionally they're going to blow it dead. It'll be interesting to see how they manage the scrimmage with him in there. Will they let his plays go a little bit longer so he can potentially make plays with his feet? I think that would be the best thing for Auburn moving forward. We've just got to see. We've got to see how they handle that. That'll be super, super fun to see. The offensive line, I think there is a chance to solidify um, all five of the starters. And, yes, I'm talking even Cam Stutz and Brandon Council at guard over Keandre Jones. He is outstanding, but is he available? I, I think that is something that this coaching staff will look at because, look, all five of these offensive linemen, they need as many reps together as possible. And granted, a lot of them have been in this program for a long time. I guess Zaire is the one that has been in here the least. And Council, they may have come in together now that I think about it. But those guys, they all need to gel together. And that's just kind of what good offensive lines do. And we'll see if they do it. So that, that I think that's a storyline there. And look, just keep it competitive. The way – the nature of scrimmages early in fall camp and early in spring practice that always benefits the defense, especially up front and especially in coverages. And so if the offensive line can just make it somewhat competitive and are able to get a push on the line of scrimmage, that's a win. That is absolutely a win. So we'll see if they're able to do that. And then linebacker. Um, and this may be more kind of already set in stone than I realized. Maybe it's just a pipe dream because I really like Eugene Asante, but I was reading the second deep that went out there um, and Eugene Asante wasn't there. So maybe I'm just building this up to something that it's not. But Owen Papo, can he make his return, right? This will probably be the most competitive session of college football that he's seen since he went down and left. Let's see him take that next step. Let's see him allow himself to lead the defense and also cam riley can you be a number two to owen papo next to you and also let's see how wesley steiner rotates in i I think that'll be a fun report to kind of keep tabs on but outside of that you know we may hear about excellent plays that wide receivers make you know camden brown makes an excellent catch you know or or something like that or coy moore catches a slant and runs it for a touchdown we may hear some of these in the reports that come out but we won't know the situation, right? We won't know if it was, you know, the first team going against the second team. Is it the second team going against the third team for whatever reason? We don't know how this is structured, right? We, we, don't, we, we won't ever know enough context for some of these reports to come out. But I do expect we will hear outstanding moments from wide receivers. And – I think that'll be fun. I think that'll be good. But will it impact what the potential rotation could be going into the season? I don't know. And in fact, I'm, a, I'm semi-predicting here that the off- with the offense, as far as the playmakers, that competition with the receiving, you know, the market share of what targets and receptions happen amongst the receiving group, that may go into the season leading into Penn State. We may see a deeper rotation in Mercer we may see a deeper rotation when they play against um, San Jose State just to kind of set the depth chart and the pecking order 
going into Penn State, that would not shock me at all. I mean, I think those six receivers are all guys that are worthy of playing time. Yes, I've changed my tune on Camden Brown. It's too consistent. It's too ridiculous. And it's too much of him, his name being on that board. Every single day, he's doing something. Whether he's the best player on offense, whether he's the playmaker of the day, whether it's him graduating so quickly from being a newcomer in practice to going to the veteran practice after just one day, there's too much smoke there. It's red hot. It's on fire. So I'm, I've changed my tune on the Camden Brown hype train. Um, I, I think he's going to have a relevant role this year. I, I really do. I really do. All right. Brian Harson. Brian Harson keeps finding ways to be more likable. We'll talk about that in just a moment, right here on Locked On Auburn. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I want to encourage you folks to go check out the Locked On Auburn Discord. It is free. All you have to do is click the link down below or in the episode description if you are listening via audio. But it's uh, over a 1,000 Auburn fans just chit-chatting about everything happening every single day, nonstop. And I tell you, one of the things they were talking about yesterday, it was so fun. It was so fun. A little background here. A little background here. So Kyle Tucker, he is uh, he covers Kentucky. He's with The Athletic. He's very good at what he does. John Calipari, he has a quote. This is a quote from John Calipari, tweeted by Kyle Tucker. Quote, this is a basketball school. Alabama is a football school. So is Georgia. No disrespect to our football team. I hope they win 10 games and go to bowls. But this is a basketball school. And it sounds like the context that John Calipari was saying that is he wants his basketball-only facility, which I get. He needs to be fighting for his program. I'm cool with that. Weird move to do that on how he did it as far as tearing down another program at the same university, but whatever. So then Mark Stoops, Kentucky's head football coach, quote tweets that and says, basketball school? I thought we competed in the SEC. Hashtag four straight postseason wins. Weird flex by Cal, extremely weird flex, especially since the way he got upset uh, in the NCAA tournament. Weird move, man, but I think it's fine. I think it's great. So obviously this um, this Auburn-Kentucky rivalry in basketball has really become a thing, especially on social media. It's fun. It's really, really fun because Auburn's on the winning side of it, and Kentucky just can't handle it. They just cannot handle the fact that Auburn is better than a basketball right now. So what does Brian Harson do? <laughs> Brian Harson tweets a picture of him and Bruce Pearl, both smiling. Harson's doing the recruiting finger. And all it says is Auburn family. And then he tags Coach Bruce Pearl, hashtag everything school. And you could say whatever you want about Auburn, right? You can say that we get in our own way. You can say that we're crazy. You can say that we love Cam Newton too much. I don't care. But Auburn people love Auburn. And, you know, it's funny that, that Calipari quoted Alabama and all of that. 
because all Alabama cares about is football. They try to care about basketball, but it, it's just a flash in the pan. It, it doesn't mean anything. Auburn, if you, the, the support is there across the board in everything, everything. I mean, you even got folks, you know, keeping tabs on on Sunny D playing, you know, minor league ball just because Auburn people love Auburn so much. And so, what does Brian Harson do? He comes out and sees an opportunity to to take a dig at Kentucky, which is awesome. Everyone hates Kentucky, so that's hilarious. But also just unity, unity, and that is just something that Auburn has over everyone else. And Brian Harson gets that after just being here for, for such a short amount of time. I thought that was a really cool move. And he got, he got Bruce Pearl involved, which is awesome. And then the, uh, you know, the Auburn official Auburn football account got involved with it as well. And so, um, you know, Harson, Harson uh, from, you know, how he handled media day to, uh, you know, there was a tweet a while ago where it was like, what's the first thing that comes to, uh, to your mind when you see this? It was a, it was an Oklahoma helmet, and he posted a picture of the Boise Statue of Liberty scoring play where they upset them to the shirt thing, you know, on the anniversary of Hatgate. Like, he's killing it right now. Ever since February happened, he has done everything possible to be more likable and to show his personality. Props to you, Coach Harson. Props to you. Also, something that happened yesterday, mark your calendars for August 27th. There will be an open practice. They did this last year. It was really, really cool. My family went to it. Um, but a neat thing just to kind of go out and, and kind of hang out in Jordan-Hare Stadium. I think it's at 2 o'clock that day. It's on a Saturday. That's also the day my fantasy draft, so i got to figure that out. But super cool way to, to come out and see the team, go through drills. Uh, it's a free opportunity to go hang out at Jordan-Hare Stadium with your family. Why not do it? And there's also a fan day, I, feel, I think, a few hours earlier. It's all on Auburn's website and auburndaily.com. But cool thing. Absolute transparency to the fan base that will win over a ton of folks. So props to you, Coach Harson, for handling that the way you did for the second year in a row. I think it's really, really cool. So that does it for today's edition of Locked On Auburn. Once again, I hope this audio sounds okay. If I'm posting it, I guess I felt okay with it to some extent. Um, but we'll be back to normal um, either late Saturday night or early Sunday morning. I'm going to post a scrimmage reaction podcast and so that'll be up and then so that'll be the next time you guys hear from me and it will be in my normal studio which will be great home sweet home and of course we'll be back to normal on monday follow me on twitter at z blackerby read all my written work at auburndaily.com and we will see you when we see you right here on locked on auburn the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.